You know, I was thinking, and I determined that it's Thanksgiving week. And with all the bad news in the world, and the fact that the left and the secular uh, movement wants to eliminate all religions and things, um, let's not go there this week. There isn't that much happening, so let's let's talk about Thanksgiving. I think it'd be a good thing if we talked about hope and happiness and what we have to be thankful for. And it's something we can talk about at the dinner table. Things that are political probably shouldn't be talked at the dinner table. So let's not bother with that today. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, before we get into... uh, we get into the happy-go-lucky, make-me-feel-warm kind of thing. We need to talk about some news, because there is some news. Not a lot, but there is. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been hospitalized again with flu-like symptoms. This is after she missed a session of the Supreme Court last week. She stayed, she stayed for about a day, maybe two, got some liquids, and was released. Uh, last week, again, she was, she disappeared. Um, listen, I'm not a fan of the 87-year-old uh, Supreme Court justice. I think she's a terrible human being. Um, but, and I do want her to retire. I, I can't lie about that. I want her to go away. Uh, I, but I don't want her to die. Um, I wish her the best, and I hope she's feeling better, and I hope to see her, um, you know, falling asleep in the Supreme Court in the coming, in the future. Uh, the impeachment thing uh, moves on to the second phase. The House Judiciary Committee, uh, under Jerry Nadler, will hold public hearings next week. Some Democrats in the purple states are getting a little bit nervous because it looks like they will be voting on impeachment. Uh, contrary to what we were hoping, there's not going to be an impeachment hearing or an uh, impeachment vote uh, before Thanksgiving, um, but we'll see what happens. Those uh, states are those uh, representatives are looking at this whole thing and saying there's absolutely no evidence, and it looks like people are just ticked off at Trump, which is not a not a good reason to impeach a guy. Uh, this is not going to be a slam dunk for impeachment. I, I've been saying that. I wasn't even sure that these guys were actually going to go for it and impeach anyone or even hold a vote. And I'm still kind of wondering if they're going to. I, I'm still not so sure. All this proof they keep saying there is, there just doesn't seem to be any. But we finally know why Trump withheld the aid. because, And it's because Trump was ticked off that no one else was helping to pay aid to Ukraine. This came from closed-door testimony from Mark Sandy, an official uh, from the White House Office of Management and Budget. This probably should have been something Trump had said right in the beginning. Uh, This whole impeachment thing is really falling apart apart for Democrats. Uh, I don't know what else they're going to be doing. The fact that Adam Schiff decided to hold uh, more closed-door sessions shows he's really looking. He's digging. So, but here's the thing. We are now. Let's go with the good news. So, animals are awesome. 
And President Trump dealt a lot with the animals this week. Uh, Conan the dog that chased al-Baghdadi has finally made it to the White House. There was there he was awarded a medal and a plaque and was then brought out to the Rose Garden for a quick press conference. Listen to this. Everyone, this is happening right now. Right now, probably the world's most famous dog. I don't think I have to use the word probably. And Conan is a uh, incredible, it's an incredible story. I learned a lot about this particular type of dog. And it's, uh, it's trained that if you open your mouth, you will be attacked. You want to be very, very careful. Uh, but uh, Conan came over from the Middle East, just arrived with some of the great people from the special forces that did the incredible flaw. It was a flawless attack. And uh, al-Baghdadi is gone, but that was a flawless attack, and I just met quite a few of them. And we just gave Conan a, a medal and a plaque. And it's really, uh, and I actually think Conan knew exactly what was going on. But uh, a dog that is very, very special, and we could maybe say, Mike, come on over. Maybe you want to so that's kind of awesome. Uh, Conan, who's a five-year-old male Belgian Malinois, I don't know how to pronounce that, Malinois, looks like kind of a German Shepherd, but apparently he's Belgium, seemed like a really sweet dog. Vice President Pence couldn't keep his hands off of her, off of him, excuse me, and she seemed to have loved it. She was laying her head against his thigh and just, just loving the attention. He's going to go back to the Middle East right after this uh, visit to the White House. He's not finished. He's got a couple more years in his serving. Many say uh, the dog should be able to receive a Purple Heart because he was injured in the attack. The government banned dogs from getting official medals back in the 1940s for whatever reason. Uh, I think it would be awesome if President Trump would uh, sign an executive order allowing the animals to get official medals like Purple Hearts or Medals of Honor, things like that. And um, I would love to see the resistance and the left actually take him to court because you know they would and sit there and argue that this dog should not get a medal. President Trump won't do that because that was a congressional thing. That was not an executive order. But... It'd be nice to see him try. But that wasn't the only uh, uh, embrace of animals that President Trump had. Today, he pardoned two turkeys for Thanksgiving. The turkeys' names uh, are were bread and butter. It's kind of cute, huh? During, uh, during his speech, he needed to take a swipe at Democrats for the impeachment. That was kind of awesome. So let's hear him first actually pardon the turkeys as we gather this week with loved ones across our beautiful land we give thanks to god for the many gifts that he has bestowed upon us today we also come together to honor the beautiful feathered friend the noble turkey and that's a beauty it's said that abraham lincoln was the first president to spare a thanksgiving turkey at the request of his son. In 1947, President Harry Truman accepted the first annual national Thanksgiving turkey. In the decades that followed, presidents from Kennedy to Reagan would show mercy. See? Wow. 
that's a strong bird, to their birds. But it was George H.W. Bush who first issued an official pardon. In keeping with that tradition, today I will issue a pardon to a pair of very handsome birds, butter and his alternate bread. I mean, that was kind of nice. It, it, we're kind of used to it. I mean, it's not like he does it. But of course, Trump's got to take his jabs in. and It was kind of clever. Listen to what he says about uh, the turkeys and why they should be stressed out. That's true. Look at you. Their names were chosen by the students of Harold's Christian Academy in North Carolina, great state. Bread and butter were raised in Tar Heel State by farmer Welly Jackson, who's here with us with his wife, Tara, and their lovely family. And I want to thank you very much. Great job. Great job. Thank you very much. Thankfully, bread and butter have been specially raised by the Jacksons to remain calm under any condition, which will be very important because they've already received subpoenas to appear in Adam Schiff's basement on Thursday. It's true. And then Trump went on. Of course, he talked about the Democrats and things like that. But it was very, it was very, very clever. Um, you can watch both videos uh, on uh, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and watch the full videos. They're about eight minutes apiece. Uh, the two turkeys will be taken to the University of Virginia where they'll be retired and cared for by the students. I, I got a feeling those birds are probably going to have a better life than I have. I So... I mean, that's fun. That stuff is fun. The dog coming in, the turkeys being pardoned. That is what makes this holiday so great. But here, here's something else. I actually read this article. I, I go to the Huffington Post mostly because I think a lot of their stories are far left and they're all woke and I, I, I think they're stupid. But I went, I read this story and it changed the way I was actually, the tone of this article, the tone of this podcast was changed because of this little article. Uh, the article is by Lindsay Holmes and it's entitled uh, 10 Things Grateful People Do Differently. And it's basically not just a let's be thankful for what we have today, but it's meant to be something you do year-round. So I, I think it's an actually really awesome article. Uh, so let's go over those 10 steps, uh, 10 things that they say you should do. The first one is to write a journal. Now, I, I don't write journals. I, I don't, even when I run, I don't like writing journals. But when I go through difficulty, I do write. Uh, the podcast is an example uh, I used to have a website um, called reallysorefeet.com. I still do, actually. reallysorefeet.com, where I'd, I'd, placed, I'd write things that made me feel better. It was actually my online journal. And I know it makes me feel good. When I'm experiencing difficulty in my life, I'll actually write things down. And I'll usually feel more secure with my decisions after I do that. Sometimes I won't feel secure about the decisions. So I think that that is an excellent thing. Just go out and just write something down. It doesn't have to be 74 pages or anything. It just has to be something that 
makes you feel, makes you organize this thought. Because language, especially written language, because of the rules, is organized. And sometimes talking to someone doesn't help. Uh, because language, when spoken language, can be very unorganized, very chaotic, and things can come out. Whereas when you write things down, you actually have to organize your thoughts so that what you write down makes sense. Don't avoid the negative. Now, this is something I have a problem with. I, I do avoid the negative. When I get really stressed out, when I make a mistake, or when I have to face something, sometimes I'll, I'll run away from it. A lot of the time I won't. I'll confront it. Now, when the negative comes around, sometimes I need to sit back and, and refocus my thoughts to make sure I don't make the negative worse. But this is something I could do a lot better. And that is great advice. I'd even say that should be the first piece of advice. Number three, spend time with loved ones. I don't get to do this very much. I... I my family lives up north, and uh, they live about two hours away. I work during the weekends. I have a really hard time with this. And I know that all I have to do to fix this is just make a phone call. You know? Hey, I'm here. How are you? And talk for a few minutes. I speak with my dad, but there are times that I just, I just disappear. And that's, that's not really good. Likewise, number four, tell your loved ones you love them. This is really something that's really overlooked by a lot of people. You know, telling your loved ones you love them. Now, I do all the time, but mean it. And I've actually made an effort to mean it. One of the things my dad hates is when I say, love you. He says, it doesn't sound genuine. I stopped doing that. Use social media mindfully. This is really weird. I do not, I am not a screamer, hollower, pro, hollow, holler, protester on the internet. As a matter of fact, my first five to ten posts are usually things that are kind of cool. Either they're a physics thing or great pictures or stupid things that actually happened. And those are usually the ones that get liked and retweeted the most often. So I actually do this, but I don't say anything personal. I don't say, I don't attack anybody. A couple of times I've attacked people and that was not a good thing. I, it means that I lost the argument. It means I'm a bad person. So I actually stopped doing that and if I ha if I get lucky enough to find a, a true human being on the on Twitter, I don't do Facebook, I don't do Instagram, which is probably something I should be doing. Um, I'll be respectful. I'll think about what I'm saying. I'll post links if I want to prove something to that individual. But if that individual decides to start cussing me out, I don't bother with it. I don't retweet it. I don't do anything with that. I'll just stop talking. That's the other thing with social media. Know when to stop talking. Number six, know the value of the little things. I got a buddy named Chad, and you're going to hear Chad, Chad's name again. And one of the things Chad does, Chad and I get to work really early, about six in the morning, usually before the sun comes out. 
And Chad sits back, knocks on my window of my office and says, come on, we're going to watch the sunrise. Now, the sun rising in our area, you can't really see it because there's like a mountain and a tree right in the middle of where it rises. But I say, why do you do this every morning? It's usually cold in the morning. And he says, eh, you know, I like the sunrise. That's enjoying the little things. And what Chad is doing is what number seven is. Help people know the value of the little things. Chad sits back and says, come on, let's go watch the sunrise. It's a little thing. It's not a big deal. It happens every day. But what he's doing is he's inviting me into something that is, that will lower my stress, that will make me feel good. And even if I don't watch the little sunrise, um, at least we're out there, we're together, we're talking, and he's a good friend. So it, it, I find myself sometimes saying things that I wouldn't normally say in the office. Maybe something that's stressing me out, maybe something I'm not happy about. And I'll tell him. Number eight, volunteer. I know what they're talking about here is volunteer for things. You know, you know go out and vol. I, I volunteer a lot. Usually it's to help other employees out. So if there, someone cannot do their on-call and things like that, I'll say, I'll do it. No big deal. I'll volunteer to do extra work, not get paid for it. I, I have no problems volunteering. And I know what they're saying is, go volunteer at a homeless shelter or something. I don't do that. I've thought about it a couple of times, but I don't do that. And that would be a good thing. Fine. Number nine, get moving. In other words, exercise. Go out there for a run. Go out there for a walk. Go to the gym. Or if you're not going to go to the gym, when you get home, do some push-ups. Do some, do some um, uh, sit-ups. Do something to get you moving. Because here's the thing. Nothing resolves stress more than a little bit of exercise. And it doesn't have to be more than 30 minutes, four or five times, four days a week. It doesn't have to be a lot. It'll make you feel better. And I know this because I do exercise all the time. And finally, number 10, love yourself. This can be one of the harder things to do because with loving yourself, and that doesn't mean be arrogant about it, you're right all the time, things like that. It just means see the value in yourself. See that you're a good person. See that you're, you can see that you're flawed and that maybe you need to change some things. But love yourself enough that, you know something? No matter how bad things are, I'm going to get through things. I'm going to I'm going to survive. Everything's going to be good to go. And know that you have value. I think it's very important. I think that is really important. I think the big problem is a lot of time that's really hard to do. Because there are days that just you just I'm such an idiot. I, right now I'm in a fight with Josie. Um I don't know if we're going to get back together or not. I, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, we're just having so many problems. But throughout the day, and I, I'm miserable when I, I do that stuff. I'm miserable when I um, 
maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But one of the things I did today was that I thought about our relationship and I just, I basically wrote it down, <laughs> create a journal. And I realized I deserve better. And that's, that's something that you just, you have to have that love for yourself that you're making the right decisions. And sometimes maybe you make the wrong decisions, but you know what? Forgive yourself. And if that person can't forgive you, you can't do anything about it. It's been a really hard last couple of years. Um, it's been a really hard last six years. Got a divorce, lost my job, had to move to get another job, missed my kids. My kids are still all over the place. Um, my son passed away. But here's the thing. The reality is I do have a great life. And I have a lot to be grateful for. Whether or not, I shouldn't end a sentence in a preposition, but I do have a, <coughs> a lot to be grateful for. And I think I'm going to be thinking about this. Maybe this is my journal for this week. Here are some things, 10 things, that I'm going to be thinking about and talking about and celebrating on Thursday. Number one, God. When my son died, I was completely lost. And to this point, I still am. I'm better, but I'm still lost. Uh, I, I bought a Bible. I started reading the Bible and I started... The stories in the Bible really make you realize that you're not the only one in the world like this. Um, I've actually lowered the amount of times I've cussed. I never use the Lord's name in vain anymore because, well, thanks to Chad, I, I, I don't use it because he thinks it's terrible. Don't use that. And he yells muskrat every time I do. But you know something? God was there for me. And every once in a while, I'll ask God, you know, can you please do this for me? Please, please, please. Sometimes he does. Lots of times he doesn't. But I always make it. And I know I'll be okay. My family. That includes my daughters. That includes my father, my stepmother who has actually become more of a mother than anything else. My grandkids, my cousins, I appreciate everything about them. And if I'm really feeling down in the dumps and I just don't know what I'm going to do, I, I can call any one of them and they'll talk to me. And though I won't bitch at them, per se, except for my dad and my stepmom, I will bitch at them. They'll listen, and they understand. And they may not say anything, but they will listen. My friends, and those friends include Dave, who is the Dave Rule, Chad, Nick, Dean, Nate, Asenia, Lizette, and Teresa, just to name a few. 
um, they're always there for me. And um, they sometimes don't like what I say. They sometimes don't like the way I am. I'm very flawed. There's no question about that. But they're always there and they're always listening. And when they think there's something wrong, they will actually sit back and they will contact me to make sure I'm okay. I actually had this one, number three, uh, but I skipped it because I made a mistake. It's Josie, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. I don't know what she is. The reality is she was the long-term relationship I hadn't had since my divorce. And even though she's flawed, I'm flawed, and we may not be good together. Maybe we're not made for each other. I don't know. The fact is she made me realize that I can actually have a beautiful woman in my life. And if she disappears, that's fine. Um, I know I can find another beautiful woman. That's kind of nice. Number five, my career and my employers. I have a job. I have a great job. I make mistakes. I admit my mistakes. They don't flip out when I admit my mistakes or I make a mistake. They give me a lot of room. They give me the money I need for a roof in my head and food in my stomach. They give me the financial ability to do things that I couldn't do unemployed. I appreciate them. And that job has actually given me a lot of good friends. So I love my job. My health. I've run every, anything from a 5K to uh, ultra marathons, 100, 116, 130 miles. I wake up in the morning and I don't have the aches and pains that a lot of people my age do. My body is fit. I can eat. I can poop and pee without much difficulty. I have, I'm very, I have all my teeth. I'm healthy and that's something that was given to me and I've got to take advantage of it and I need to actually embrace it because it, it lets me live the adventure that is life. Number seven, my God-given drive to try new things. I know you folks don't realize this, but I'm scared to death. I think I've said this before, but I'm scared to death to get in front of a microphone and start talking, especially when, um, it's like it is now where I don't really have a script. I just sit back and read some topics and then talk about the topics. But I have the courage to do it. I have the courage to write a book. A book that I don't know if it's any good, but I don't care. I'm going to self-publish it anyway. I have the courage to, op to start two websites. And I do these things not because I want to be famous or anything like that. I do these, well, I'd like to be famous and make money off of it eventually, but I don't worry about it. It's more for me. It's fun. And it means something that I have the guts to actually try doing that. Number eight, a roof over my head. You drive 
all over. You walk down my neighborhood and you see people sitting in the streets. Alcoholics, drug addicts, uh, mentally incompetent. They've got actual problems. Now, the roof over my head may be very, how shall I, how shall I say, subtle. But it is a roof over my head. And I have people here who are very happy to have me. So that means a lot. Because you know something? As bad as life might be, it could be a ton worse. Number nine, my country. I love the United States. I love having the technology to plug a microphone into a computer, download some software, and be able to upload a podcast to a website where it's distributed to to different podcast arenas. I love that I can say anything I want whenever I want. I love that I say if I say something that is insulting to somebody else, but I believe it, that person's got to deal with it. I love the fact that I can have a weapon here and I can protect myself. I love the internet. I love everything about this country. This is a wonderful country. And those jerk-offs that sit back and tell you, oh, it's never been any good. Yeah, you know something? That iPhone that you're texting from, that iPhone that you're posting to Facebook was created by America. That iPhone was created by America. Facebook was created by an American. And the Internet was created by America. I think one of the problems in our, our country is people don't appreciate how good they have it. Because here's the thing. I know what it's like not to have the internet. I know what it's like not to have 600 channels on the TV. I know what it's like to have to run inside the house to take a phone call. I know what it's like when someone calls... I don't have a machine that that lets them leave a message. I know what it's like to have an 8-inch black and white TV. No VHS tapes. No DVDs. Music, you'd have to go drive to the store and buy the album because you can't download it. We have things so good in this country. So good. That even the poorest of people have cell phones have TVs, have cars. It's a wonderful country, a great country. Don't let anyone tell you there's no systemic racism. There's no, um, there's no prejudice against gay people. There's none of that here. Yes, there are individuals that are like that, but they're few and far between. There's no alt-right, uh, around every corner. I can guarantee you, I don't know one Nazi. And I ask your, I ask you to say, do you know a Nazi? It's a wonderful country. I love it. And finally, number 10, I'm glad for the next day. As difficult as life is, I'm glad to wake up the next day.
I'm glad to see the sun. I'm glad when I walk out of my place to go to work, I, the cold hits me and I feel it. I'm glad to listen to people talk. I'm glad to be at work. I'm glad for those little chuckles we have throughout the day with friends. I'm just glad for life. I think it's a wonderful thing. Here's the thing. Even when things are bad, things are pretty damn good. Okay, that was a pretty deep night. So I tell you what, it's already starting. So we're going to have some fun stuff about the holidays coming up, about how bad Thanksgiving is, because we got to have all that stuff here. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. I actually did figure out why things weren't uploading to YouTube and Podcast Addict. Uh, I fixed it. It's working. Um, You can uh, review the show notes, the links that I actually got these stories from. Uh, full videos and any audio, if there happens to be any, at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Please rate, subscribe, and comment. I will answer your comments. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Dumbasses Talking Politics.